Welcome to the Sex, Kids, and the Internet Show with Buddy Knight. Our show addresses real threats to families in the 21st century, internet pornography, online predators, and sexual immorality. Since we are talking about sensitive matters of an adult nature, please use headphones or make sure children aren't nearby, even if they're sleeping. Get ready to take some notes, grab your Bible, and discover how you can protect yourself, your marriage, and your children from threats facing us today. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back. I'm Buddy Knight from Knight's Quest Ministries, and we're glad you joined us again on the Sex Kids in the Internet radio show. Now, remember, last week we talked about how pornographers market pornography to kids and adults. And if you didn't catch that edition, just go to our website at www.knightsquest.org or to apostleradio.org and follow the links to download previous shows. Today we're going to look at scriptures to build a better foundation for the battle against sexual immorality and pornography. So get your Bible out. So I'm going to be reading some passages. Others I'm going to just refer to and let you look up later just to save time. Now I'm going to be primarily using the New Living Translation. This is not the Living Bible Paraphrase, but a recent translation that translates the Bible into modern vernacular and sayings. So let's start at the very beginning. If we're going to talk about scripture to stand upon in staying sexually pure and away from pornography, we need to start with God's creation. God created sexuality when he made Adam and Eve. Because one's male, one's female, you have sexuality. God married them and then told them to be fruitful and multiply. That required that they have intimate relations. Now wrap your mind around this. We've all had this undercurrent that somehow or another sex in and of itself has some basic evil or dirtiness associated with it. You know, a lot of that comes from early church doctrine in the third and fourth centuries. But when we read Genesis 1 and 2, we can realize that God told Adam and Eve to be romantic with each other, be fruitful and multiply before sin ever entered the picture. So the design was good as everything that God made was good. Because God is an engineer. I view God as someone who has designed a universe. It works a certain way. He has created boundaries. Just like the guys who designed your car said that your car needs this many pounds in the tires, this kind of oil, this kind of battery. God designed the human race to work a certain way. And he limited sexual expression to marriage. And throughout this series of shows, I want us to be thinking of marriage as God's safe zone for sexual expression. If you're within marriage, it's safe. If you're outside of marriage, it's not safe, spiritually, medically, psychologically, or physically. Now, God was concerned about what we did sexually, and he was fairly concerned with the specifics we think the world is going downhill, so here's your homework assignment for after the show. I want you to read Leviticus chapter 18 and chapter 20. Those chapters are comprehensive list of sexual sins and their punishments. And I'll guarantee, I don't think anybody listening to my voice has ever heard these chapters read from the pulpit or even referenced in church. And then ask yourself, after you read this, this was written about 3,000 years ago. How bad were things with these specific sexual sins, such as you can't marry sisters, you can't marry or have sex with a mother and a daughter, you know, all sorts of unusual things. 
how bad were things 3,000 years ago that, that God felt the need not to say, wait until marriage, but by the way, I mean this, 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 and spelled out all these different sexual sins with their punishments. God cares about what we do, and he's very specific. So, as we take this, that God designed sexuality to be good between husband and wife, and limited to husband and wife, what's the problem with pornography? People say, we're just watching. It's not really going to influence me. You know, it's not going to affect my behavior. Well, if that's the case, can you explain to me the advertising industry? Because that Coca-Cola commercial and that product placement in movies does influence people. And so pornography will influence us. And when pleasure is combined with viewing sexual acts, you become programmed to be associating good times and acceptability with those acts. If what is being portrayed is a sin, let's say a spouse having an affair with their spouse, and you are watching this pornography for entertainment, it lowers your barrier to sin. Think about that. We can actually become programmed by what we watch that lowers our moral standards. It may take time. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew fifteen nineteen. Jesus said, For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Well, if the heart has all this stuff coming out of it, we have to ask ourselves, how did it get in there? Our heart is going to put out through our lives and our actions what we put in through our eyes, our ears, and our actions. Computer guys use the term GIGO, G-I-G-O. Garbage in, garbage out. And pornography gives us garbage. Now, some will say, oh, yeah, but you know all that stuff in the Bible, that's Old Testament stuff. It doesn't apply to us. Well, we can go for hours on the theology to that, but I'd like us to look at this. In the book of Acts, the Jewish elders were asked, what requirements do we need to give Gentile Christians, the ones who were not Jews first? Because people were putting all the Jewish law down on them, too, and said you have to do this and this and this and comply with 4,300 and a billion different laws and standards and pharisaical codes. And of the many, many limits that these elders, who were some of the 12 apostles, of the many limits they could have put down, they only gave four guidelines for Gentiles. And one was to abstain from sexual immorality. It's one of the big four for us Gentiles. And so this is very, very relevant. Pornography is a sin. And if we look at the word that it came from, it's actually two Greek words. Porneia, which means sexual sin, or when it's used in a secular Greek text, unauthorized sex. And grapho, which means writing. So the word for sexual sin used in the Bible, porneia, is tied right to pornography because it is outside of marriage. God has only authorized sexual activity between husbands and wives. And even if you say, I'm only looking, you're not getting the full picture scripturally. And let me ask you this. For most of you out there, what would your spouse say if they caught you watching or if you caught your children watching and say, but I'm only looking? You know, when a person views pornography, even a video, 
even a video that has a husband-wife porn team portraying a healthy husband-wife relationship, we're not thinking good thoughts. We're not going, my, look how they're just nurturing their relationship. And by the way, it looks like they're going to the gym regularly, keeping themselves in tip-top condition. They're really good examples for us. That's not what we're thinking, folks. Let's be honest. We're doing what Jesus talked about in Matthew 5, 27 and 28, when he said, you heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Looking is sin. Looking at anyone but your spouse is sin if you're looking at them with desire. And sexual sin is a special sin. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18 says, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Remember I talked about the programming? It's proven that when you view pornography, there are certain chemical reactions in your brain that take place that make you more liable to become addicted. Not everyone will, but it is exploding in America. It's exploding in other countries, too. And not only that, but it will change your expectations of what you want in your romantic relationship with your spouse. And even to the point where you will reject your spouse in favor of the pornography. That's why it says, run. In the Greek, it's what we call an imperative. In the Marine Corps, they'd call it an order. Not a walk away, but feet don't fail me now. Run as fast as you can as if... You're running away from an exploding bomb, as if you're running away from deadly toxins or a biological hazard. This is poison. The thing is, pornography is everywhere, literally. And this is only a 12-minute show, and I'm trying to hit the high points of to give you a basic scriptural foundation. We have more that can support that in our Flame Proofing Your Kids workbook available on our website. But I'd like to talk to you now, since we talked about what the Bible says about sexual sin, briefly, to the topic of hope. Because the sad fact is, many of us in the church are already trapped by this sin. There are studies that show 30% may be involved, 40%, many in clergy. The good news is, as for all sin except the unpardonable sin, there's forgiveness. 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Sexual sin, including that of pornography, is a sin. It is a serious sin. But it is not a sin that the cross in Jesus' blood can't conquer. It's a sin that can be wiped out. The first thing you need to do is admit that you're sinning. Admit to God and then find a mature Christian. That doesn't mean an old Christian, but someone who's mature in their faith, of the same gender, to walk beside you. Put filters on your computer and your TV systems. Let your mentor or your friend, companion, or someone else have the passwords. And then get counseling. This is something that could be an addiction, and if it's an addiction, you wouldn't tell someone to beat drug addiction on their own. This is more powerful than cocaine. There are programs many churches have, like Celebrate Recovery and many other programs. So look in your area, in your church, and in your denomination. Because the good news is, there is victory in Jesus Christ from sexual sin. There is victory against pornography. 
and not only against your personal use of it or maybe your spouse's or your children's use, but there's victory in the fight to take back the battlefield and keep it away from the members of the church. Next week, we're going to be talking about how we talk to kids about pornography, part one. And we'll be addressing how we talk to kids who are less than 10 years old. So join us next week on the Sex, Kids, and the Internet show here on ApostleRadio.org. I'm Buddy Knight, and I'd just like you to spread the word. We're taking back the battlefield. Thank you. You've been listening to the Sex, Kids, and the Internet show, where we're not promoting pornography, but equipping families to defend themselves against 21st century temptations. Why? Because the threat is out there, and the Bible addresses it. The information and views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of ApostleRadio.org. For more information about Night's Quest Ministries, the producer of the show, visit ApostleRadio.org in their Programs tab, or visit our site at KnightsQuest.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your returning next week. Remember, spread the word. We'll be here. The pre- and post-production of Sex, Kids, and the Internet was engineered at Tucker Communications and aired on ApostleRadio.org. To contact, go to www.tukco.net.